Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's up, you guys? This is Carlos Choro and Steven Mulehausen for the Fightful Boxing Podcast, the second Fightful Bo- Boxing Podcast. We call this, uh, I shouldn't name this uh, in the title, Boxing Podcast 2, Electro Boogaloo, but I missed the boat on that one. <laughs> you know what? It's okay, though. And before we even start, you know, I, we, I, we want to thank you guys for last week and I know we were talking yesterday, Carlos, and thank everyone for watching and listening and exceeded, I know, our own expectations. I know I'm not a big guy of always talking numbers, but, you know, it blew, blew us away for our opening show. I thought it, we did really well, and it got very positive feedback, so thank you, everybody. Absolutely. I've heard nothing but good things from inside the staff, from outside, through social media and in person. I've, you know, it's... I couldn't be happier with the numbers. We did have a little bit of issues, but I think we've kind of corrected them. Hopefully, uh, moving forward, we'll, ha- we'll, we'll be good. And uh, I see Steven Mulehausen giving me the thumbs up. <laughs> hey, you gotta, I look at this as a, this is a positive world. I'm in a positive mood. Yeah. There's no reason to ever be negative. So we're going to bounce back this week, and it's going to be bigger, better than ever. Absolutely. And, uh, and boy, since we did our podcast last week, we had a ton of news. Uh, a ton of announcements made. Um, obviously, the biggest one is that Andre Ward and Sergey Kovalev, the rematch that a lot of people wanted to see is finally happening. It's going to happen uh, later this summer in June. Uh, I'm really excited for it. I think Andre Ward is, from the way that he made the announcement, because Andre Ward made the announcement via Twitter, and he basically, it, I almost got the sense that, all right, Sergey, just stop talking. Let's get this rematch, and I'll show you why I won the first fight. And obviously, I think this fight's going to be better than the first one. And, it was, and the first one was pretty good. I like, I know a lot of people are still really sour on Andre Ward for, for his personality. But what I really liked here was the fact that 
he did it on Twitter, and he made and it was a resounding statement. It was he didn't say nothing to Kovalev said a little said more. Our Ward was more precise, succinct, and to the point. Where he said, "You know what? I'm tired. I won. I feel like I won the fight." You keep moaning and complaining. Okay, the rematch has to happen, so you know what? You're obligated. I'll give it to you. I don't think Ward wanted this fight to happen again. But there was an immediate rematch clause in the contract of Kovalev 1, which Ward agreed to. Ward shouldn't, maybe Ward shouldn't have agreed to it. The fight probably wouldn't have happened then, but thankfully it did. But all from Andre Ward here was the fact that he came off as and people say cocky, I came it off as confidence because this is what we wanted to see out of Andre Ward. Usually he's laid back. He doesn't say too much. Obviously, the fan backlash, the media backlash, and the chirping Kovalev has done since the fight happened in November has really gotten to him. That's never happened before with Andre Ward. And the fight was close. The fight was like, it was a great fight. You know, you had the knockdown in the second. Ward came back in the later rounds to eke out a decision in the minds of the judges. A lot of media had the fight for Kovalev. Decision for Kovalev, but the majority of the media and a lot of the fans thought, outside of not including Oakland, California, <laughs> thought that Ward's hometown, that Kovalev won the fight. So that fight was close, and I agree with you, Carlos. June 17th at the Mandalay Bay Event Center in Las Vegas, HBO pay per view. This fight is going to be amazing. How can they, how can they, for an encore, how can they do better than the first time? More knockdowns? I really don't know how we can get a much better fight than what we saw the first time. Yeah, I think I agree with you. The, the fact, I think now you're going to ride the, the momentum from that first fight. Andre Kovalev's been still keeping himself relevant in the media, trying to say, listen, I won that first fight. The fact that I was fighting in the USA – where you know where wars will is probably going to get a better uh a better look from the judges i mean i don't to an extent i kind of want to say you know listen just take just take the laws with dignity but he kind of does bring up a good point is the fact that a lot of judges especially recently they've kind of been judging fights uh, in a way that a lot of people in the media a lot of fans kind of questioned I mean, we saw that in the in the Golovkin Jacobs fight, not just in that fight. And I, although I don't think there should be much backlash as to whoever would have won that fight, because that was really close. But in the undercard with the Chocolatito fight, so I'm so I'm guessing Kovalev is might go a little bit more aggressive to try to knock Ward out in this rematch, and he's capable of doing it. He did it in the first round fight in the second round so I think Koval is going to be a little bit more aggressive at least early on in the fight I don't know how he'll react later on in the fight I think he might be working on his stamina a little bit more the second time around knowing that Ward can still go strong uh throughout the entire 12 rounds you know I, I think that too you know and that's a good point you know and a lot of people I think that's what I think what Kovalev can really go on Carlos is the fact that like you said he knocked him down I thought Andre Ward fought a very technical fight. But Kovalev has that one-punch knockout power. And I think that Ward underestimated that going into the fight. I thought Ward thought, okay, I can be technical. I can do a lap dance around this guy. I can 
just be the more pure boxer for 12 rounds and I can win the fight. But Kovalev showed he's more than just a one-punch knockout artist, and I thought he boxed very well as well. But like you said, he can end the fight with one punch where Andre, Andre Ward really can't do that against high-caliber opposition, and we've seen that in the past. That he hasn't been able to – when he, if he's down on – if he needed a knockout – he hasn't. He doesn't do it. He's just not that guy. He's more of the pure boxer who will finish you in the later rounds once he wears you down. More of a precision type of fighter. I think this fight's going to be exciting. But the thing, and you know, and people are talking about too, is the pay per view numbers. At around one hundred sixty thousand, a little underwhelming. Two top pound for pound fighters in the world. Does do the numbers get bigger for this fight? considering the controversy or do you think this is right about the same it'll definitely see i want to say it'll definitely do better because of all the storylines heading into this fight but and i kind of looked at a golovkin versus jacobs fight and a lot of people thought you know the over under was going to be two hundred thousand buys and that did uh 170 thousand buys which i don't know i don't know if it's just an hbo thing because recently they've not been doing very good pay-per-view numbers. I can't remember. I, I can't remember when was the last time they did over 200,000 buys for a non-Canelo pay-per-view. And it doesn't help that the undercard, the only other confirmed fight is Guillermo Rigondeau versus Moises Flores, which will undoubtedly put some people to sleep right before the, the main event. I'm trying not to laugh, and you see me laugh, and I see, I see you got a smirk on your face. And I, <laughs> We were talking about this after. every time I see Guillermo Rigano fight. You want to say this guy's great, he's got the pedigree, but then he gets into the ring. And like you said, I don't need if I wanted to go to sleep, I don't need a Xanax, he will put me to sleep. <laughs> he will put me to sleep. I don't need a sleeping pill when this guy fights, he can do that for me, and I thank him for that. So if for our viewers out there and our listeners, if you get tired in bed and you can't sleep, you're suffering from a little bit of insomnia, click YouTube. If you got one of those nice 4K TVs, just type in Guillermo Rigando. He will put you to sleep, I promise. For his fans out there, I know there's probably not many. Apologize for what I'm saying because the facts are right there in front of you. I agree. And listen, I take nothing away from Rigondeau's skill set, his pedigree. I mean, he is certainly, you know, he is a very deserving world champion. He's not, it's not that we're saying he's a good fighter. It's just that his style does not translate well to an exciting television product. And that's something that boxing desperately needs. And putting him on at these um, co-main event to a card that, HBO desperately wants to have get a lot of buys. Doesn't really. It's kind of counterproductive. And Rigondeau is going to have to, if he wants to impress a, the casual fans that might be tuning into this fight, he's going to have to go against what he normally uh, fights and actually and actually go up against and actually fight aggressive, which he doesn't. He's a technical marvel. If you want to actually follow. Uh, a great technical boxer and learn the basics. Yeah. If, watch Guillermo Rigondeau, but don't expect to get wowed by his, by his boxing ability. Because again, it's not a great television product. 
I agree. You know, we're in that era now, and you hit it right in the head of where you want these boxers to be exciting. You know, boxing needs, especially on HBO, they need the help. This isn't a thing of where they don't need the help because, in all honesty, they do. You know, you if you're going to have an action fight like the main event, you want if you're putting on a pay per view product, you have to give me a reason to go spend, regardless of what the price point is, forty nine ninety nine, fifty nine ninety nine, fifty nine sixty nine. If you're going to, you have to give me a reason. Sometimes the main event these days, the main event isn't enough. You look back into Tyson days, the De La Hoya days. The main event was more than enough, or even in the early days of Mayweather, when he was hot on pay-per-view. You didn't need an undercard. These days you do, because if you only have one fight on the card, the fans will go bootleg it. They'll find a way. Periscope it. Facebook Live. There will be a way. You have to give the consumer a reason. Putting Ringo on the card does not give me a reason. I'm going to order because I have to. You're going to order it because you have to. If you were just a fan, would you? I would bootleg the fight. I know I'm going to probably get in trouble for saying it, but in all, this is this podcast is all about honesty. I would bootleg it, and that's no disrespect to either guy because I have a lot of respect for Andre. I have a lot of respect for Sergey, but I would bootleg it if you're going to give me that undercard right now. If I had to, if I didn't have, if I was, if I was just a fan. Yeah, I mean. I, I mean, I personally am never a fan of that kind of stuff. But listen, Cameron Rigando, like my wallet, it will literally run away at the sight of having to spend money just to watch Cameron Rigando. And I'm not. And I think we're gonna stop with the Rigando bashing because we're not endearing ourselves to to his fans. But oh. yeah, but I think this. Uh, but I think this Kovalev award rematch is going to do it's going to do fine numbers um i think if they get another pretty good fight not necessarily a world title fight but if you can get another decent fight as your third card and you market it just right and i think they have hbo is going to put out all the stops for this fight because outside of a uh the canelo julio cesar chavez jr fight and a potential canelo versus golovkin fight they're gonna. This is the biggest HBO pay per view of the year, so they're gonna have to. They're gonna. I think they're gonna bring everything and use all their marketing power just to get this fight to a respectable level of pay per view buys. And before we switch topics, this I think key factor as well that we haven't discussed. Remember the time of year that fight was on? You had college football. You had the big game between Alabama and Auburn, and that was a. I forget how good the game was, but it was college football. People want to, people love college football. Saturday nights, you have to give the consumer a reason to get off of college football and watch a fight. And then you were coming off the week before you had the Conor McGregor, Eddie Alvarez fight that did over a million, did about 1.2 million buys. So you have to look at that, the McGregor factor, and then you have to look at the added factor of college football. You're going to have a weekend where there's nothing going on. There's no UFC. As of right now, there's no UFC, big UFC show. Their pay-per-view was two weeks before. And it's not a big headliner with Jose Aldo and Max Holloway. So you, the stage is set for this show to do well. I'm not saying it's going to do 500,000 buys. Absolutely not. But I think it will do more like the projection you said before, Carlos. I think it does more than 200,000. I really do. I'm, I, would, I think a success would be 
I think around 250, 275. I think that's a very realistic number considering that's at the time of year when there was our event is the big UFC show in July. And that's and that's still about three weeks beforehand. So this should do a right around that. I'd be shocked if it's under 250. Yeah, I think 250 is a pretty good number to go off of. And and you know, hey, you never know. Maybe the maybe if HBO does great with this Canelo Chavez fight, which I think is gonna do tremendous pay-per-view numbers, I think it'll be a I think it's go I think that momentum HBO could ride it into a pretty successful pay-per-view. And so yeah, uh that fight's gonna be on June. June 17th. June 17th, yeah. I don't know why I was thinking June 27th. It was not that. I, did, I was actually just trying to go for the schedule right here to make sure I have that right. Um, but one fight that we definitely have on on schedule on tap is this Saturday. And it's a pretty big fight. Uh, Vasil Lomachenko versus Jason Sosa in an HBO televised card. And we, this is a pretty good card that HBO is putting out. Uh, Lomachenko against Jason Sosa for his junior lightweight title. Uh, you got on the undercard Alexander Uchik versus Michael Hunter for the cruiserweight title. And then you got a 10-round uh, affair between Alexander uh, – I'm going to butcher this name uh, – uh, Vonchik versus Unieski Gonzalez. And overall, I think it's going to be a good fight. I'm interested to see how Lomachenko is going to – uh, go up against a fighter who will probably not submit uh, halfway through the fight as Nicholas Walter did in the first fight, uh, in, the, in Lomachenko's final, uh, last fight last year. You know, I, I talked to Lomachenko about, about that, about the Nicholas Walters fight in particular, and felt he quit. He's like, I broke him. You know, for all the talk Nicholas Walter did going into that, you know, even to get the fight to happen, wanting all this money, making all these financial demands, and then you go out there and quit in the seventh round, it's like, come on, what are you doing? You talk, and this is the thing that bothers me about fighters. I don't know if you feel the same way, Carlos, but fighters that talk, and then you go out and quit? How do you go out and quit? You get paid to do this. They'd be like right now if I said, you know what, Carlos, I'm tired. I'm quitting for today. This podcast is done after about 10 minutes, about 15 minutes. Blue Moon, are you doing? It doesn't make sense. But no, Lomachenko's for real, though. And Sosa's no joke. Don't get me wrong. And Sosa's a great fighter. But Lomachenko's on another level, man. You can say, oh, he's 7 and 1. I thought he won that fight against Salido. I thought that was a little bit of a. I thought that was a little bit of a gift to Salido and all the fouls that happened in the fight. I had Lomachenko winning that fight in the blowout. But like you talk about the card as a whole. That's a great triple header. It really is. You get, I give HBO a lot of credit for this. I give Bob Arum a lot of credit for this. A lot of flack for their lack of cards this year. But you look at, we were talking about last week, the David Lemieux, Curtis Stevens fight. I thought a very good pay-per-view card with Gennady Golovkin. The, card did, the numbers were a little better. They sold more tickets. They made more money. And it's been the knock on HBO is, you know, their budget has been a little bit cut. They're not coming out and saying it to me or anybody else, but it's blatantly obvious of what's going on. So this is a very good card on Saturday night. The, the arena sold out. Now, I think this is amazing, and no one's talked about this yet. Here's a guy who's never fought in that area. He's 
still not he's a, not an unknown, but he's still relatively unknown among the the boxing public. Everyone knows Canelo and Annie and Golovkin. No one in the blue moon knows who Vasil Lomachenko is. And they sold out. The show sold out. It's a testament to him. It really is. I think the hardcore fans are really coming out for this fight. And the fact there's, I mean, even though it's only 5,000 seats, he still sold it out. So I think that's amazing. Yeah. And Lomachenko is, yeah, as you mentioned, Lomachenko is the real deal. Yeah, he's got eight fights. But you can pretty much credit that to the fact that he competed, that he has two, he also has two Olympic gold medals. Um, you have, as you mentioned, it's a fantastic triple header for the television. The free television product from HBO and Showtime has been really good. You mentioned Curtis Stevens. Boy, I, when I was watching that Curtis Stevens fight at the beginning, I was like, all right, I, all right. I, I was watching it already. I was going to plan it. I was like, all right, Curtis Stevens uh, against David Lemieux. And I remember 30 seconds into the fight, I thought, wait a minute. It's Curtis Stevens and Damian Lemieux. This is an awesome fight, and it really was, given how short it was. But we all, no one thought this fight was going to go 12 rounds. No one. And no, no way. It ended with a knockout of the year candidate, which I think that was the best scenario for, for HBO because they, they got a tremendous fight. Uh, given, I think it was the four rounds, the three and a half rounds that we got. We got a pretty, yeah. we got a pretty fun fight, and I think David Lemieux is still someone that you can market and put on the undercard of a pay per view and can excite the boxing crowd. Maybe put you know put him up in the um, as a pay per view opener, or maybe even the co main event. And I think I think a lot of people would be pretty happy with David Lemieux. So I think this fight, I think that win gave him a ton of momentum. And you're right. I think HBO with the free tel- with the free television has been putting out a lot of really good pro- a lot of really good fights. And I think Lomachenko for the moment is about as good as you can get for an HBO televised card. No, absolutely. And you hit it on the head. I remember when you go back to the Mew and Stevens, I remember when I saw Curtis Stevens like I thought back to the BKB, the bare knuckle fighting, <laughs> you know, the bare knuckle boxing, whatever was that. that that's what I started at my why is David Lemieux facing this guy? I, I've seen Curtis Stevens fight, but I'm like, this should be a cakewalk. And it was such an, like you said, it was an exciting fight for how long it lasted. But no, this is a good card, a very underrated card. Not many people are talking about it. I've seen some articles, but I haven't seen really, I haven't seen really too much. I got one coming out later today on him, but you look at, he's had 400 in career, 404 career fights, amateur and pro. He's 402 and two. If my math is right, is my math right? No, no, I take that back. 403 and two. I take that back. I'm sorry for my horrible math. <laughs> he, he's amazing. You know, you say oh, what you will about him, but this guy is a well-oiled machine. He's been trained correctly by his father. His father sacrificed everything because he realized how, how good his son can really be. And now he's pro- he's proving that. And it's only eight fights. There are eight fights. He he wanted to, and he was telling me, and this was amazing, I didn't know this. His first fight, he wanted to fight for the world title. Just because of commission regulations, he couldn't, they couldn't do that. But the second fight, he fought for the world championship. In a fight that many people thought he won against Salido. But in his third fight, he became a world champion. That doesn't happen in this sport. It really doesn't. This kid is something special. He's a little bit older, yes. 
But I don't think we should hold that against him. He's still young enough to where he can become, and I feel this, this kid can be the face of boxing. I really do. He's got the right guy, and he's got the right guy behind him and Bob Arum. Now, look at what Bob Arum did for Floyd Mayweather. Regardless of what people want to say about that matter, look what he did for Floyd. Look what he did for Manny. You know, his record. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It speaks for itself. I'm going to trust Bob Arum and take this kid to the dance. I really do. As long as he wins and he keeps winning exciting in an exciting fashion, this kid can be – this kid is the future of boxing, in all honesty. Yeah, um, I certainly agree. I mean, I don't know if maybe the fact that he's small, a lot of casual people are going to be like, eh, you know, is a little small. But you know what? It doesn't matter. With a guy like Lomachenko, you can build something. You can build a, a entire sport around him. I mean, look, he, can, he is a much more exciting and slightly bigger Chocolatito and, and I say this as they're both two guys who are very exciting fighters. Um, Chocolatito is, you know, just on the verge of being, you know, that kind of uh, pay-per-view headliner. And I think with Lomachenko, he is, as you mentioned, he's young enough where you can build not just an entire division, but be one of the faces of boxing. In the fact that he's already a world title holder after just three fights, challenge for a world title in the second fight where he could have just easily challenged in his debut. I think, you know, you're getting a, you have someone with a ton of promise in Lomachenko. And as you mentioned, he beat a guy who was talking a ton of trash in Nicholas Walters and he beat him to the point where he quit. When was the last time you saw a fight or at least a, uh, an HBO fight where you had one of the headliners quit after being hit so hard so many times and it's not like walters was being uh got cut a ton of times or he got knocked down several times throughout the fight lomachenko was just putting on the pressure consistently and he was and walters like move i'm out i'm out i don't know what i I can't i can't do anything against this guy and again i i highly i agree with you i thought walters quit the fight his body language on tv certainly said that he quit and in Lomachenko, you know, I think you have a budding star. And if you know how to market him just right, I think he could be right at the level of a Canelo Alvarez. 
I agree with that. You said something earlier when we were talking about Kovalev Ward that caught my attention leading into this topic. The fact that boxing needs starts, boxing needs exciting fighters. This is the guy right here. You know, when, and you know this. You know when you see someone and you have an inkling, but you want to see a little more. Okay, can he be the guy? This is the guy. He speaks English when he wants to speak English. My interview with him, he decided he he, he tapped out and said no things. <laughs> I was a little mad about that because then his PR person, the people at Top Rank called, and they're like, you speak English? And I'm like, he said thank you. He said hello. He said goodbye. He said yes and no. And they were pretty mad because they guaranteed me he was going to speak in English. But, but no, this kid, he, and he does that part. That's the one thing where I already put him above Canelo Alvarez is the fact that He's taken the time to learn the English language or Canelo for one reason or another, and we'll get into that more in a couple of weeks. But that's something that really bothers me about him. But this kid's a star. This kid already exudes confidence. It exudes the it factors of what you need to be a star in this sport. He can talk. And he delivers in the ring. And he's seven, five of his seven wins have come by knockout. And I'll take that percentage. And I think he's only going to get better. As he faces better, as he keeps fighting and getting more professional fights, I think he's going to only get better. He, like you said, we, the sport needs stars. Is he a pay per view attraction right now? No, I think the way he's getting brought along, he's getting brought brought along perfectly. I think Bob Arum's doing an amazing job with him and the guys at top rank. As long as he keeps going on this path, I think he. You give him another eighteen to twenty four months. Who's the biggest star in boxing? I think it's really going to be this kid. I really do. You can drop a like on our boxing, on this boxing podcast and all the other Fightful podcasts. We've been doing a lot of really good stuff lately. Uh, we just got a ton of UFC uh, 210 uh, interviews from several of our staff who were up there in Buffalo. And overall, I think we're doing pretty good. Um, boxing, I think this boxing podcast, the numbers that we had in our first podcast show that there is a genuine interest in the sport. And and for, for a podcast that's kind of very, very, very lightly advertised as we were trying to test the waters a little bit, I think more, I think the fact that a lot of people want to care about the sport and want to watch boxing, and you have a guy like Lomachenko, and he is going to be a, just a, a sensational fighter. He already is a sensational fighter, and now you're within, you know, maybe by 2019, 2020, you could very well see uh, the face, or if not one of the two biggest faces in the sport, because Canelo is still pretty young. Golovkin is, uh, he's a little older, so I'm not sure if he'll sustain that kind of star power in two or three years, but I think with Lomachenko being helped by Bob Arum, he's going to be a ton of really it's going to help him tremendously in his career and i think a lot of people and i think alongside with this car we this that is actually going to be a pretty good fight because we haven't even talked about the the two title fights uh, across the pond with terry flanagan and peter Petrov, which i think that's going to be a pretty good fight and the undercard uh liam smith versus liam williams for the vacant interim wbo junior middleweight title and that's a that was a bit of a mouthful to say but uh but yeah <laughs> I'm interested to see how Liam Smith bounces back. Because I thought Liam, for people can say, well, yeah, he got blown out by Canelo Alvarez. But I thought Liam Smith 
held himself up pretty well, considering the circumstances of not many people giving him a shot. I thought Liam Smith, I did he win? No. But I'm one of the adage, yeah, there's an L on your record, but he came out a winner in my eyes because he gained a lot more fans in that fight. People thought he would just lay down for Canelo win. For like I said, I thought Liam Smith fought very well and gained many more fans. So I'm very intrigued to see him fight coming up this weekend. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting fight. I wish we had television for it, but I think I think that it just might be a Sky Sports thing, a Sky Sports yeah. broadcast. Um, oh man, I, I honestly wish I could see that fight, but uh, because I'll catch it some one way or another, I'll try to find that fight. Um, you, YouTube, YouTube, my yeah. friend, YouTube, bootleg it somehow. There's always a way to bootleg. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, Sean. Um, don't get mad at me. So, we got a ton of uh, just really quickly, we're just gonna like there's a ton of fights that were. Uh, now, so, uh, for example, uh, we, we actually have a vacant WBA middleweight title, the, at least the secondary uh, middleweight title between Ryota Murata and Hassan and Dom. Uh, ton of, uh, we're talking about King Kong Ortiz. His fight's going to be uh, on the undercard of the Berto and Porter card. And there's so many different fights that, were, that have been announced within the past week. And we just saw that Terrence Crawford and, and Felix Diaz, that's going to now be a headlining Madison Square Garden. So overall, this past week has been pretty big unboxing announcement. And we just got word this morning that uh, Manny Pacquiao and Jeff Horn is all but official for uh, – and I see you're shaking your head uh, – all but official for later this summer in Australia, which we, as you were talking to me yesterday, the, the Manny Pacquiao World Retirement Tour has begun. Before we get there, this, I'm very – all these t- world titles, you said the secondary WBA middle eight title, and let's just get this out of the way. It just needs to be a unified champion like how it used to be. Before, we have like 16 sanctioning bodies, and each sanctioning body has like the WBA, Super Platinum, Expialidocious – middleweight championship. I was like, this is a little ridiculous. And I think we just need unified champions. Get, now I got that out of the way. I like, I'm looking, I told you about King Kong Ortiz and I'm looking forward to that. I think he's exciting. I do. I mean, he's 27. And oh yeah, he's older, 37. But who cares? He's just, just a number these days. He's Cuban. He may not even be 37. No, he is Cuban, though, but no. Luis Ortiz is a very exciting fighter and a very exciting weight class. And just look at what we were talking – I know you think this is great. Uh, we were talking last week about the heavyweight division and Wilder and Klitschko and Joshua and Joseph Parker, Andy Ruiz. And we forgot about King Kong Ortiz. This guy is exciting. He, he doesn't, he's another guy that doesn't get paid by the hour. He gets paid by the, by the seconds. But that's an exciting fight on an exciting show. Birdo and, Birdo and Porter? Jamal Charlo's on the card. Jamal Charlo's going to be on the undercard on Showtime Extreme. Are you kidding me? One of the most exciting fighters in the junior middleweight division is going to be on Showtime Extreme? Which I think, I think it's a smart move by Showtime. And now, if you don't have Showtime, now you got a reason to watch because Jamal Charlo is absolutely amazing. And, yes, the retirement tour is coming. Jeff Horn, why? I get it. He's Australian. 
they want to go to Australia. They want to sell 55,000 tickets. They're going to sell 55,000 tickets. You need to put them in there with the local. I guess that's the best, the best welterweight in Australia. I'm not trying to discredit Jeff Horn. Could Jeff Horn win? Yes. I can also, we can also win the lottery. Let's, <laughs> let's just be realistic. We have a better chance, I think, of winning the lotto than Jeff Horn does of beating Manny Pacquiao. But the retirement horn, and like you said, I think we're getting we're getting to that point where Manny's going to wind down. He's going to take a call. I think I don't think no more than four fights. I think he's got a plan laid out. I think the plan is going to happen. He'll fight in November, probably in Abu Dhabi, probably against Amir Khan. And I know I keep saying Amir Khan, but either Amir Khan and Groner. I maybe Terence Crawford, like what we were talking yesterday. I think, but that all depends on what he does. We'll talk about Terrence in a second of what he does coming up in his fight on May on, in May against Felix Diaz. So, but the retirement tour is here. Jeff Horn is the opponent. They're just waiting for some logistical stuff. That's some nice custom tees with the government in Australia, and the fight will be on July July second in Australia and July first here in the United States. With pay per view yet to be decided. Yeah. Uh, so there's still a ton of details to iron out, and we'll and we'll talk more about this fight as we approach it. And you mentioned, and actually before you before we move on to the Crawford fight, uh, the reason why I was laughing when you were talking about uh, King Kong Ortiz uh, being 37 or not, um, I was just reminded of the I forget, I think it was Bat uh, the Sandlot or Bad News Bears, uh, where <laughs> where someone the, I think you might know where the scene I'm talking about where they have. <laughs> where one of the where one of the players on the team is like a full grown man, and they they question like, wait, this can't be a kid, and they bring up the birth certificate, which is literally a piece of paper with crayon saying, "I am 12. <laughs> I immediately thought that. Believe... I've been doing podcasts, boxing and MMA and professional wrestling podcasts for seven years. I'm going in, going almost eight years seven. I have never heard, had a Sandlot conversation in a, in, a, in a podcast, in a combat sports podcast. This is amazing. That's why I'm laughing because I think I'm a big fan of the Sandlot. I haven't seen it in a long time, and I can't wait till my son gets a little older so he can see see the greatness of the Sandlot. But, no, that, oh, my God, that was great. Keep going. If you've got yeah. more to go along with it, that was, that was amazing. Our, our, this is why we get the viewers. People like the humor. They like hearing the boxing. Don't get me wrong. I didn't like the humor. Let's not lie here, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. And keep giving those thumbs up, by the way. We're very appreciative of the thumbs up in the comments. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and what I want to have a ton a ton of time left. But yeah, Terrence Crawford, May 20th. From, he's going to defend his unified uh, welterweight titles, uh, junior welterweight titles against Felix Diaz. And that's going to be um, – at Madison Square Garden in the main arena. I don't, I don't know if that means they're going to unveil everything, uh, unlike everything for ticket sales. But I think this is just a bit of a testament that Crawford is a big name in the sport. He certainly, I think he's making groom as a potential opponent for Manny Pacquiao, as you mentioned. Um, this is going to be actually a pretty good fight. I'm actually really excited um, of the fact that it's now at MSG and hopefully um, – I get to cover that fight, and that would be my first time covering an MSG card. And I think Terrence Crawford is about as you can as you can get for a. I don't think this. I don't think this is a pay per view card, um, but no. it, it is not as I just see you nodding uh, no. as a no. But. Not even. But yeah, not even I think. 
Nah. No, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I'm saying, like, I don't think it's a pay-per-view card. I, I think we, I think it's been proven Crawford is still not at the point where he alone can um, sell pay-per-views on his own. But I think at least as a television fighter, he's still pretty good. I think he's still a big name for HBO to have on their, on their, on their roster and for top rank. And I think, and I think if he does well, and they sell a lot of tickets at Madison Square Garden, and you, you and I were talking uh, that I think they may unveil like ten thousand seats or something for this fight. Um, if he can get close to a sellout, at least I think that I think that'll bolster Crawford's chances of hey, we're a Crawford wants uh, a Crawford pack fight would be excellent after he's done with Amir Khan because a lot of people in that Twitter pulled that. Pacquiao did a couple of months ago. He wanted to, it, a lot of people were interested in a Terrence Crawford fight, at the very least, certainly way more than Jeff Horn. You know, and you're talking about the tickets, and from what I've been told, they're going only, to only sell tickets in the lower bowl. So that whole upper part of the arena is going to be tar- blocked off or sectioned off, however you want to put it. But they're only selling lower bowl tickets. And like what me and you were talking about yesterday, I don't know how much the lower bowl is. I'm just guesstimating because it seats up. The, the garden's about 22,000, if my math is correct. And so you're thinking probably if you're using, like you said, you're using just basic math, between 10 and 12,000. I think it's more like 10, maybe a smidge more. Usually there's more seats in the lower bowl. So you want to say maybe between 10 and 12. But like you said, and I agree with your point, I think if he sells between 10 and 12, if he sells the majority of those tickets or if it sells out, it gives him more of an avenue just because I think the reluctance of Bob Aram and the reluctance of Manny is by can this guy sell tickets outside of Omaha? That's which is his hometown in Omaha, Nebraska. And that's been the thing. Tickets outside of that, out of that avenue. He did okay for the fight with Victor Pasta. I think they sold him right around 7,000. It wasn't close to a sell and they opened up the whole arena, which I didn't understand for that fight. Opening up the lower bowl. Felix, but it depends on what Felix Diaz you get will show up. And that's the thing. If you get the Felix Diaz who's at the top of his game, you can give Terrence Crawford a lot of problems. Fight that Terrence Crawford wanted to, to have either. Let's just be realistic in that as well. But until we're talking about tickets, Right around, if he can sell right around 10,000 tickets outside of Omaha, Nebraska, I think that's a very good sign for Terrence Crawford as a draw. I think that gets him, like you said, the likelihood of a possibility of a fight with Manny. Sky's the limit for Terrence Crawford, but he has to be willing to open him, open himself up more. He starts staying out of trouble. Mm. How do you get in trouble in Omaha? There's not much to do. Stop getting into trouble. It's, and Daniel, um, UFC light heavyweight champion Daniel Cormier said this yesterday about John Jones. How, and he said this, how hard is it to stay out of trouble? There's a lot going on in Crawford's life. He's, you know, he's one of the best boxers in the world. There's a lot more attention. Stay in your house. If you're out, stay out of trouble. He's a, he's a great guy. I've talked to him a couple times. He's a good fighter. He's a great fighter. But he's going he's gonna to be, he could be one of those casualties, Carlos, that he cannot stay out of his own way. Because he's starting to go down a path. And it's not looking good in terms of his stuff outside the ring. And we shouldn't always have to worry about what happens outside the ring. But if you look at in boxing, look at what happened to Mike Tyson. 
Look what happened to, like a Riddick bow. He got in some trouble. And he ate himself out of boxing, but there was some trouble along the way there that you were starting to notice. So, you know, you don't want to see that happen to a guy like Crawford. And hopefully he's getting – hopefully those are a couple little mishaps, missteps, because this is a big fight for him in, on every level. Time draw here if he, can, if he can sell a lot of tickets, if the viewership is good. So – and he, of course, needs to win. But I think he could take care of business in the ring. But the ticket sales, how he markets himself in this fight, I think is going to be very key coming up as we get to May 20. Yeah, I think so too. If if Crocker can stay out of trouble, I think he's I think he's going to be fine. And a win and a fight against Pacquiao is going to be the biggest of his career by far. And hopefully, you know, I really hope things work out for him because I'm a big Crawford fan. And uh, and yeah, I think uh, it's going to be a pretty exciting fight. And so, yeah, we're going to have uh, – we're going to slowly quick things uh, put an end to the podcast right now. Uh, today, the I have, a, I have a meeting to go to uh, really quickly. Yep. Before, before we go, we need predictions. Lomachenko-Sosa. Uh, I say Lomachenko. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I say – all right. Uh, Lomachenko be a decision in a pretty good <sighs> performance. I say Lomachenko be a decision. You think Sosa's gonna yeah. last twelve rounds? I think so. I think so, but I don't think it will. I don't think it's gonna be a close fight. I think Sosa's gonna hang on barely by by the skin of his teeth. But I think it's going to be a a decision win, a very very easy unanimous decision win. Ninth round stoppage. That's a pretty all right. Well, yeah, that's pretty well, solid. Ninth round stoppage, Lomachenko. So, but fans, leave comments. Let us know in the comment section what do you think is going to happen in the Vasil Lomachenko Jorge Sosa fight. Who's uh, is Carlos right? Am I right? Sound off. Let us know. Click the likes and, and keep watching. So we love doing this. So thank you guys so much. Yep, we will have a podcast on Monday, hopefully, to talk about the Lomachenko fight and a ton of the boxing news that's had been that's probably going to happen throughout the weekend as we get more details on. Pacquiao Horn being official and uh and several other boxing news. Yeah, leave a comment, uh, like the page, go to fightful.com for major UFC 210 coverage. Uh, we were still ramping up so much stuff at, at the post WrestleMania week. It's still pretty big, and yeah, Fightful's on the up and up, and it's going to be it's going to be a great time. And the fact that we're doing this and it and the numbers and the viewership has been pretty good for a podcast that's only been there for. In nine months, I think we're only going to get even better from here on out. And so, yeah, Carl Storo, Stephen Mulehausen, and Stephen Mulehausen's uh, son, as you've heard probably a couple of times. <laughs> He's a little, a little rambunctious this morning, but no, but he, uh, but yeah, what, what Fightful's doing is amazing. We're right now covering UFC 210. Follow Brandon Howard. He's doing a lot of good stuff. We had stuff with light heavyweight champion Daniel Cormier, Anthony Johnson, Chris Weidman, Tiago Silva, Patrick Cote. It's going to be a great night of fights. We got a lot of great stuff coming from post, like you said, post WrestleMania. So a lot of exciting, we're, you know, a lot, there's a po- podcast are going on every day. So if you, somehow you miss the podcast, go to YouTube, watch the videos. Like you, like you watch this one, click. We got a showdown with Joe, Elias Theodoro, Matt Riddle, Sean Pearson, and a whole lot more. And Shane, Sugar, uh, Hurricane said Sugar Shane, <laughs> Hurricane Shane Helm. So a lot of exciting podcasts. So, Definitely check everything out, guys. All right. We are out. And uh, tune in to Vasily Lomachenko versus Jason Sosa. 
uh, really good Jason. fight. Jason, yeah, Jason Zosa um, on HBO this Saturday. Really good fight, and uh, we'll be back on Monday to discuss that. For Carl Storer and Stephen Muehlhausen, we are out. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.